All right. Hey, hey, hey. You caught me at uh, halfway through a, a bud walk here. 6.52 in the evening. It's dark. The sun is set. It's the fall in Arizona and uh, winter's coming, but it's October and it's uh, 88 degrees Fahrenheit, 23 degrees or 23 percent humidity on October 17th, October 17th, 88 degrees at nearly seven o'clock at night. I'm a little bit sweaty, right? But uh, that's, it's still very pleasant. We have a little breeze and uh, the dew point is 50 degrees. So that makes sense. A little uh, sweaty. Uh, oh, big mistake on the dew point. Got to get the right humidity. And that 5% dropped me down to 45.6 on the dew point. Still dewy. Budge, what are you doing? So I just listened to a friend who does a similar type podcast who uh, did a big offer. She's making big moves in her business. Pretty cool. And... Uh, she does kind of a, a random chat as well, like I do. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm an inspiration. Who knows? But she, uh, I don't think she's listening. She doesn't have time to listen to my stuff, but especially if maybe I make them shorter. Maybe I'll get more listens too. It's a big world out there. This is uh, Arizona. It's a warm day today in the 90s. Had lunch with my mother today, 94. That's pretty clever. And uh, uh, most of you will not have this experience, so I get to share it with you. So if you have elderly people or, you know, your, your parents may be only 60, 65. But if everything goes right, you know, they'll be healthy and maybe they'll live to 90. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so if you're 65, 25 years from now, that's some ways. But uh, they have these places, in there, a lot of them in Arizona, but they're probably all over the country. But Friendship Village, what a great place. Like almost a thousand people. And as I was chatting to the workers today, I commented that, uh, yeah, basically it's fun to go visit 80, 90 year olds. There's probably some hundred year olds people there. And they're just living, they're just doing their thing. I should probably do a podcast without Bud. I could probably just go to the, the Friendship Village podcast. See, I could probably make a business out of that. <laughs> just chatting with uh, 80 and 90 year olds why not so yeah the people are probably fascinating they're, the way they think their experiences they're all gauged um, differently and out in public they don't get much respect because they're so slow and stuff like that they're, you see one 90 year old in a grocery store and you're trying to get your milk eggs whatever you're doing, and they're moving slowly down the aisle, they're isolated, they're all by themselves, but you get like 800 of them together. <laughs> now we're talking some, some interesting observations. So the buffet dinner with like 30 walkers lined up in the corner of the room, and it's just fun, it's interesting. And uh, I probably got the greatest compliment in my entire life. It was kind of an interesting meeting to have with my mom today. But, you know, when I left, I was leaving the room, leaving her in her apartment. And 
as I was closing the door to say goodbye, she says, you're the greatest. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty touching because that's not something I've heard much coming from my mom. It's nothing against my mom. It's just she's not real affectionate and uh, encouraging. (laughs) She's like encouraging in an intellectual way, let's say. She's very, she's always been about knowledge, learning, studying things. And so when people meet her, they find her very interesting. She's quite the conversationalist. Probably where I pick up some of my crap from. But I, I, I blame it on the Irish DNA. But I had to do some math today on, the, on my heritage. I am a ward. I am the first Irishman that I, I trace my lineage back to is 1858, Moses Ward. But then I started looking at the, the uh, family tree there. I was like, well, first thing he did is he married a German woman, which I was hoping I had no German in my, in my blood. Turns out I have as much German in me as I do Irish. So go figure. But it's probably some like dominant, dominant DNA, right? Dominant. This I definitely don't sound like a German for sure, right? And um, yeah, the the Germans have a word probably for these kind of people talking. I think it's a a quatch, quatchkopf, I guess. Yeah, I think they call it a quatchkopf. But anyway, so I'm one only one eighth, one eighth. Irish, one-eighth German, so that makes a quarter. Then I'm a quarter Danish, a quarter Norwegian, and a quarter Swede. And my mom's the, my mom's half Swede, half Norwegian. So that's how that breaks down. So anyways, yeah, my mom's not uh, super affectionate, super like doling out the uh, compliments, right? So for her, (laughs) first time in a 58 years of my life, I get, you're the greatest. How about that? I got uh, a sister who's kind of a pain in the ass, another sister that's not doing too well, a brother. My brother's really cool, right? And I know my mom loves my brother. He's the, the older brother is the least dramatic dude in the family, right? So he's, he's like, just minds himself. <laughs> and maybe that's boring, right? Bro, bro, you gotta, you gotta get some more drama, man. So, uh, so like most, probably most people prefer their kids to be less dramatic, and then the other kids are super dramatic, right? Cause problems and stuff. And uh, now I'm thinking of this this mother who's dreaming 20 years ahead and her podcast, but uh, she's got four young kids. Well, they're, they're probably different personalities, and she probably knows it already, and she lives with lives it, man. So, and guys, we're kind of stupid, right? We don't, we don't, we're too busy to pay attention to stuff, but moms have to, moms get the daily routine and it's hard to communicate that to anybody in a meaningful way. It's just, you just live it. That's an observation. So like you, what you spend, that's not that you spend your time doing things, but it's like you forced into experiences that just impact you. So mothers if they have time and spend they probably do spend at least twice as much time as fathers do with their kids and uh so that's it that gives you an impact it's different observation 
Anyway, so bro is very low drama. Uh, the two sisters are pretty dramatic. One super dramatic. I'm pretty dramatic. And uh, you know, I noticed that about my one sister that I, it turns out that we get in fights all the time. And now it's probably, it's like, oh, that's why we have fights. <laughs> and, and she doesn't get it. It's like, if I am self-aware, like, I'm still keep going back to this person that said, wow, Michael, you're like the most self-aware person I've ever met. And again, I think I joked about it earlier that, you know, if their their population of self-awareness observation is a thousand people, that's, that's a pretty good population size. But I do not claim to be super self-aware. Maybe I'm interested in self-awareness and maybe I'm introspective. I definitely ruminate like hell. And um, that's why I almost, these, these um, podcasts are therapy for me. For me. <laughs> and I just listened to this podcast, literally just listened to a podcast a few minutes ago. And I said, oh, I'm going to podcast now because the person I love listening to solo podcasts where the host, you know, we, we like listen to hosts interview people, but we like to listen to the host because like the host has several con. It's like, I, for me, Eric Metaxas um, is a host and he gets great guests, very interesting guests on his show. So I like listen to Eric. Love Eric, right? He's the, but he he asks the questions. Sometimes he's he's pretty tough uh, with the sarcasm. Like you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm a, I'm pretty high on the curve of uh, sarcasm myself. So I kind of appreciate it. But he's got some zingers, man. I mean, if he was interviewing me and he gave me some of the, I, I mean, I'm already I'm already. Uh, prepping my mind for like this kind of interaction because he he can really throw out some sarcasm that throws you off your your game you know so if you're if you're talking and going down a path someone can interject say something that's like whoa that throws me off my path so it's not um a no like if you do improv you always want to respond yes keep the conversation going because if you say no or go negative at any point, then that kind of ends the whole improv um, experience. So what value can I add today? So I, I, um, you know, I'm very intrigued by this online world. And, you know, I philosophize over stuff, right? So, and and a lot of it has to do with this tribe. They have, you know, people call it the tribe. There's all kinds of tribe. Who is your tribe? And it's kind of a mysterious thing, right? Because it's not a real common conception. But it, I think there's so much truth in the tribe. And so when you get outliers and you really are, um, I listened to another podcast. Must be, I must be in our podcast role this week. But, uh, you know, it's lonely as you go through some processes. It's lonely as you think things and you see things that are you want to change or should be different. You can see it could be better. You see things that could be better and you're like, does anybody else see this? And you get pushed back and you get, you get uh, ostracized. Like I love my elder who's like giving me church discipline. <laughs> because uh, I don't know what, I guess I'm contentious and contrarian as if, they, I mean, they just decided that that's a 
personality type that, that just doesn't belong in the church, right? So they've justified it with some weird passages of Scripture and stuff. So good for them. Yay! Good for them. So, the, you know, and some people talk about the triggering, like some things trigger you. And I'm, I'm probably very easily triggered. <laughs> Maybe I'm one of the most easily triggered persons out there. Probably an outlier. It goes along with my high level of self-awareness. <laughs> so I get triggered. So now I've just realized I can't go to my church anymore because I think I'm just going to get triggered. I'm going to go sit there. I'm going to listen to some stuff. And I'm going to go, this, is, this should be way, this should be so much better. You know. And I don't, I don't have the direct answer for stuff. My, my simplistic model is, I'm just not accepted. You know, I, uh, the, the teachings we have are people are gifted. So what I think tends to happen is like, if you don't, they, they accept the leadership, the organization will accept a certain type of gifts. But if you don't have, if you're gifted somewhere else, then they, they just don't know what to do with you. So they, they, it's like, instead of letting you speak up, and I, I think that's where my prophetic gift is, um, but no one wants to listen to a prophet, right? So that's, it's not that I'm, you know, this whole concept of prophet and, um, is typically reserved for future predictions and things. But I don't, I think it's much simpler than that. It's more of a, a prophet is someone that's observing something that could be better and is frustrated because nobody's listening to them and nobody is and that's where the tribe comes in because in the internet you might reach a tribe because there's probably other people that feel the same thing I do and have the same observations it's just we're so sparse spread out that we don't see it and I got an, another book I picked up. It's so easy to get books now, but a really well-written book called Building a Story Brand. And it says, it's talking about um, clarify your message to, or no, clarify your message so customers will listen clarify your message. So I'm getting clarity on my message. I'm in the process of clarifying my message. And what I really love about this book is that it's, it's again, it's that switching around to transformation. So it's like people want to read a book because they want to experience transformation. And they guess they can do that through fiction too. So all these things are kind of coming together and it's like the pros have known it all the time. Uh, J.K. Rowling and all this stuff, all these fiction writers, they've got the formula down. But this guy's like, take the story, take the movie, take the formula and apply it to your business. And I'm, and again, I'm not bought into my business yet. I haven't like fully embraced or owned my business. I'm getting closer. I'm just full confession. I'm not fully owned. I, I sort of do like if someone challenged me, like if someone, you know, I can probably say, damn it, I own that shit. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. So I haven't had the, uh, the big, bold offer experience that I just listened to, which is great. And, um, but so back to this book. The, um, you know, what's funny about this book title. It's like he's so big on messaging. 
I can't remember the stinking title of the book. It's building a story brand. Build. I saw there's some deep message there, right? Building a story brand. Clarify your message so customers will listen. And this branding concept is aligned with finding jobs for me because, you know, they want, they, they talk about it. And at first, maybe, I, maybe it's all part of my process, my journey. It's like, I just like brand? What do you mean brand yourself? And like, what do you do? And stuff like that. And so I'm so trained and tunneled into uh, engineering your skill. You can calculate things. You figure things out. Blah, blah, blah. That's your brand. Or that's it's not really your brand. Someone says, what's your brand? Well, I'm an engineer. It's like, no, that's not my brand, you know? So I'm working through the brand. And it's related to calling. What's my calling? So, but back to the book. It's um, uh, building a story brand. So it's building a brand for your company, your brand for your business. And it starts with a hero. And I just love this concept. It's so cool. Because like all movies have this. And it talks about it. It's like almost like obvious now. And so you're listening to this podcast, if you are, it's like you're the hero, okay? And I'm the guide, right? So there's the, I have to get comfortable with being the guide. And I think my friend, who I just listened to her podcast, I think if she embraced that language too, I think she would just go, yeah, I get it. But is there something special about articulating it? So when she's helping authors... Um, or writers, I should say. I got the language right. There's writers, and then when you publish a book, you become an author, right? So there's a journey there. But the, her customers are the heroes, and she kind of has it intuitively. I just haven't heard her articulate it before. But so, like, for, for her, I'm the hero, and she's helping me write a book. I'm the hero in that case. But my book and my message, I have to create other heroes, right? So it's like hero creation and guides, right? And so a lot of these people talk about, a lot of these people I've been listening to talk about how they get all this coaching, right? Well, a coach is, is a guide as well. It all fits this story brand model. So I'm really excited about her, for her and her business and growing it. And I will eventually, it's, it's marinating, all my message is marinating. But it's also marinating in your favor <laughs> because the, the temptation of almost every business is to make the messaging about the business. And it's like, no, 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 don't do the messaging about the business. The messaging is about the hero. And you want, because we don't want another hero. And in fact, I thought of this song. The guy didn't mention it in the book. But I think it's this, which woman is it? She sings a song, We Don't Need Another Hero. It's like, to me, that song is now going through my head because of the way this book is played out. And that is, don't be the hero for your customer. Don't be the hero. The, the goal of your, for your customer is for them to overcome the obstacles, overcome the battles, and the guide is there to get them through. And so she does this instinctively. Her team is doing it instinctively. 
there's people out there with messages and the message really is a guiding message. And so I like, I'm reframing this thing and I poo poo frameworks all the time because frameworks are kind of funny that you can sort of like, well, you're just framing something. So if you get rid of the framework, you kind of like lose your track, but let's just stay with this framework of heroes and guides. So the writers, they have messages and they just do the transformation again is simply the hero's journey of taking someone who wants to transform, who's up against a battle, knows that things could be better and be the guide for them. Be the guide. So Buddy's my guide. We're almost home here. So we're going to end the podcast soon. But uh, yeah, Buddy's my <laughs> Buddy, you're actually my guide. I'm walking the dog. But it's more like the dog's walking me, really, when you get down to it. Not that he's always pulling me around, but he pretty much gets what he wants, a little bud. He pretty much sniffs every bush he wants, turns left and right wherever he wants, for the most part. And now it's dark, and we're almost home. So building a story brand, I'm really excited about that. I want to bring that element into my book now, because I'm going to be a guide to walking in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that sound impressive? But you're the, you're the hero whoever's listening to this podcast. You're the hero of your story. And it makes sense. And it's like all these religious leaders, they're too much, they're being the hero too much. I guess that's another way to use the framework. They're all being the hero on stage. And and, you know, part of your gut is either submission to them being the hero or let's just change the whole model. Every person that stands on stage needs to think of themselves as the guide. The guide and everybody listening is the hero. And through faith, through walking in the Holy Spirit, God has made this possible because he is the ultimate guide. He's the one that's the real guide. I'm kind of like the guide to the guide. Right? So, so it's like you could say, oh, we're all John the Baptist. We're all pointing to Jesus coming, right? And I kind of like this. And maybe it's been said before. But a lot of things have been said before. Just a little different emphasis, a little different twist. And it just takes some people to express their thoughts a certain way. So, there you go. We're back. The solar light is shining on the saguaro cactus in a cloudless sky in Arizona with pretty good visibility of the stars. So, that's a good thing. And we're here, bud. We'll take your leash off, bud, and let you run around. And then we'll end the podcast. And, uh, bud, there you go. So we will chat again, heroes. You are the heroes. And I am your guide here for walking in the spirit. How about that? Sola spiritu ambulatio. All right? So... Grace and peace, everybody. It's all marinating. Marinating with grace 
and peace. Bye-bye.